<laughs> There's that energy. <laughs> Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. We are Team Binge, and this is Stoppage Time. <laughs> pow, 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 pow. We are here, as we mentioned in the last episode, to talk about a little movie called Super Bob, which stars one. Uh, I was going to say Roy Kent, but no, but Brett Goldstein. There's our connection to Lasso. <laughs> we did it. There won't be any more. I think there's a couple. I think there's a couple connections we can make. Well, reveal them to me later because the <laughs> only connection I had was that it takes place in London and it happens with Brett Goldstein. But no, uh, this movie, if you have not seen it, we would encourage you to watch it. Uh, you can still listen to us, but right now it's free on Tubi. It is also on IMDb TV, which you can watch through Amazon Prime. That's mm-hmm. how we initially watched it. But it's also the full thing is on YouTube. Oh, okay. All of these have them with ads, but I didn't think the YouTube ads were all that bad. So 2015 movie called Super Bob. We watched it because it has one Roy Kent, Brett mm-hmm. Goldstein in it. It was written and directed with Brett Goldstein by his friend, John... I'm going to say Dreaver. Yes, not John Denver, as I initially thought. You thought John Denver? I thought it might have been a John Denver. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. (laughs) Right before he went off to fly that plane. Yeah. Um, They apparently have been friends since they were like 15. Uh, They started this for like a short film competition, and then it eventually became a feature. Did you watch the short? I did not watch the short, no. The short was like three minutes long. Oh, like You really? can find it on YouTube. Yeah, which hits a lot of the same beats. I think they literally use a handful of scenes from it. Okay. Or like, you know, cut like the, the cut and paste from it. But yeah, it was pretty funny. Sure. So I got to be honest, from the top, I'll mention it. It's a charming movie. If you haven't seen it, go Great. watch it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's free. So <laughs> we're going to run through the, the premise of it, hit some stuff we really liked, and uh just generally be charming about a charming movie yeah i I meant going into this we just saw like we're looking at movies to do and we're like okay let's see what the cast of of uh, ted lasso did and we see super bob roy kent as a superhero like this is perfect we have to do this i think we both went into this having no preconceived notions didn't watch trailers we just said the premise had us yeah i mean neither of us had heard of it before yeah so my assumption is if i have not heard of it it's probably not a very good movie <laughs> what is that's it's very british it's very british it i think like you british. mentioned uh like some of the humor like a lot of it kind of reminded me of like the british version of the office very dry it's, it's filmed like a mockumentary kind of thing yep. too um but yeah it was a lot of fun and i had uh, loads of laughs with it and i think i'm wondering if i would have had the same affinity for it had i not had already met Brett Goldstein as an actor or Roy Kent as a character. Um, I think I had the same thought, but since I watched it twice, I enjoyed it the second time just as much as the first. And I didn't spend the whole time being like, that's Roy Kent. That's Roy Kent. That's Roy Kent being goofy, but definitely like a dry British sense of humor. And I went into it because I had seen the trailer while we did the lasso podcast. I think I'd mentioned, I watched the trailer. For oh, this. Okay. The trailer makes it look like an epic like Marvel movie because yeah. it's a lot of the like special effects stuff and him being a superhero. Uh-huh. But to your point, very much more like a mockumentary, like dry, subdued. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me a bit of Stranger Than Fiction, which I have a oh, weird okay. affinity for. It's One of movie. my favorite movies. I know that you watched it not too long ago, mm-hmm. but... Very, I don't know, like a not a small story because he's a superhero, but it really <laughs> focuses on like yeah some small like 
everyday everyday issues. people. Yeah, yeah. Like the tagline is for it's like being a superhero is easy. It's like dating is hard. Right. Or romance is difficult or whatever. Yeah. Sure, sure. So premise of the story real simple we've all heard it before in 07 a meteorite hits uh your local postman robert kenner uh known as eventually a super bob is hit by a meteorite mm-hmm. and then there's just all these clips of him like flying which is funny <laughs> he goes through that building and you hear him curse it's like shoot sorry <laughs> millions of dollars worth of damage right and there it's cut in between like him becoming a superhero and then uh Catherine Tate the actress who plays mm-hmm. Teresa talking about him like turning himself in and mm-hmm. like the start of her work at the Ministry of Defense not Ministry of Magic not Ministry of Magic nope. I thought of that several times <laughs> because anytime a British person starts the phrase uh Ministry of I'm like oh we're in Harry Potter again I don't think Catherine Tate should have been in the Harry Potter universe I don't think she is it's odd. You just assume every British person, and like, uh, <laughs> sorry, I do. Point, no. uh, what's a sort uh, Dame Helen Mirren? Mm-hmm. She just did like the trivia contest for right. Harry Potter, and like the thing that she was not in the Harry Potter series is just baffling. She's just hosting the yeah. game show. We find out that he has laser eyes, which I thought were fun because <laughs> yeah. I don't think that comes back at any other part in the movie. Never. But he like glances off screen and apparently burns someone. <laughs> Just some funny, I don't know, some funny offbeat uh, yeah. comedy that I really enjoyed. Yeah. Learning how to fly. He, like, flies on the mat or and he's holding the baby. He's like, baby's all right. Baby's all right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those shots were fun. And one thing, I'll hit this at the top and I'll talk about it while we're discussing the whole film, is, like, some of the special effects are better than they have any right to be. Right. Like, I know, I mean, it's 2015, so it's not like it was way back in the day, but mm-hmm. for a small budget film that this I'm sure was, I, I wish I had the numbers. I don't think uh, I, I do, but like something that was born out of a short film, there's certain parts where you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. Like yeah. it's not cheesy. It's mm-hmm. not like a B movie. Yeah. Some like the green screen work that they kind of use were great. And like, yeah, him, I think he did one superhero landing, but most of the special effects were superhero takeoffs. Yeah. And they so all look just good. go down. Yeah. They look great. Just yeah. pan the camera up, watch him go and you're good. And I didn't catch this until the second watch is that everything happens in the movie past this like preamble all in one day. And so you yes. hit the beat. It's so it's it's a full day. I don't think I realized that. I know they give you the timestamps, but I wasn't <laughs> paying attention to it. Yeah. So this is six years later after he becomes Super Bob mm-hmm. and it's talking to Teresa, the head of the emergency response team uh, at the Ministry of Defense. And she's kind of explaining why like they're doing the film essentially because yeah. it's the mockumentary guy talking to Teresa, and like i recognize Catherine tate and i know her from one thing and yeah. like did i'm assuming you recognized her as well same nelly from the office nelly yeah. from the office and I, i'll be honest not a huge fan of her character from the office i thought she was really good in this again like kind of very dry but like her character just kind of put me off a little bit in in the office uh, but i do appreciate that like she makes mention that she was behind the mockumentary or like getting this documentary made. Right. Um, and I appreciate like the guys asking her questions. Like you can't use that. You can't use you that. You can't say my name. Classified. <laughs> yeah. Classified. Need to know. Yeah. You're on a need to know basis. <laughs> to your point about her being Nelly on the office. I mean, it's surprising because the best part of the office was those last seasons, you know, when they just brought in all those new characters and celebrities, so that's the office that I really love, you <laughs> yeah. know, once Will Ferrell got there, I was like, Oh yeah, this is it. Um, but she was not one of my favorite either. There's, yeah. She's got a uh, something to her that uh, I 
like her her humor i found her great in this movie but yeah mm-hmm. in the office it was just a little bit strange mm-hmm. but he's a he's a a, a british government tool bobbis yes. super bobbis yes do they mention Bobbis. that he's a tool yeah he's a tool <laughs> he's a tool for the for the government He's a British Swiss Army knife. And they want him to know he's just a regular guy that can fly. And so that's why they're doing the film. <laughs> yep. And there was a lot of flashes of, like, just phrasing, and we'll talk about it, of, like, I don't know, like, right post-9-11, like, certain, like, British and American relations uh, yeah. relation stuff that I really enjoyed. I loved being reminded of it. I think it we, all... can, we can both agree they just nailed America in this. Oh, I mean, goodness. to a T. This yeah, part of me actually regrets recommending this movie because <laughs> of its outlook on America. But speaking of America, it all takes place in Peckham. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Peckham? Does Peckham have a soccer team, Tom? Uh, yeah, Beckham played in Peckham. Really? No, that's I totally oh. made that up. Man, well, you can make up any football fact uh, <laughs> other than what into touch means, and I would probably believe you. But I looked up Peckham. Peckham is like uh, a part of South London. How close is it to Richmond? I don't know, okay. but I do know that it's not known as a very nice neighborhood. Very stabby. My very stabby. Very stabby. That's a great line. <laughs> so we uh, we meet Bob like for the uh, mockumentary as he's opening the door, mm-hmm. and I think he's arguing with Teresa over the phone. Yes, about his gas company. He and doesn't know which one he signed up for. <laughs> which is a great through joke. Yeah. And he's in a robe. He's, yep. he's uh, realizing that the uh, filming is today, which mm-hmm. he apparently was not planning for nope and what's so funny is he does he keeps shutting the door and like opening the door he's like hey hey like (laughs) he does all these bad intros because he wants a good one and what i thought is such a funny joke is he's in a robe for most of them yeah and then the one he like likes he actually went back and changed into that bahama shirt that he wears through the majority like that was his choice oh yeah no a robe doesn't look good but this bahama shirt is really gonna do it well we find out later he's not much of a snazzy dresser he needs (laughs) he needs assistance so this is this is what he chose that's true but i feel like right when i saw roy like the first thing i saw is obviously those power eyebrows but then he's also got some power sideburns in this movie that kind of go down rather far and Mm -hmm. kind of come to a very aggressive point i don't know 2015 where we all rocking sideburns (laughs) wasn't that the year of the sideburns i don't recall elvis had a big elvis had a big comeback and we were all rocking sideburns all right that's fair and bahamas (laughs) t-shirts and who is doris doris shows up one of the really the other main character Mm -hmm. of this movie speaking Uh, of Harry Potter universe. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Natalia, is it Tena? Tina? Yeah, we'll go with Tena. Tena. Natalia Tena. So she's from, most people probably recognize her from Harry Potter. She played Tonks. Um, I probably, when I associated her when I saw her, my mind went to Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Where she played Osha, uh, who kind of helped like Bran and Rick and do all their stuff. But, you know, I will not spoil Game of Thrones. I'll be respectful. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what we're doing on the next. But she thing. totally dies in Harry Potter. We're t- <laughs> Wait, does she? I don't know. Oh no, I, I don't even I, know. I don't remember. But I really enjoyed her as Tonks. I really liked her in this movie. She's like, fantastic. She in was this movie. great. Yeah. And did you do any research? So, like, she's she's a British actress. Mm-hmm. Did you do any research? Because in this, she's playing Colombian. Oh no, I don't know what's her nationality. So no, 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 no. She's she's British, but apparently she has family uh, from Colombia. Okay. So she like picked up or like. Use the accent, use some of those mannerisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read some stuff that the director, John Drever, uh, spoke about her, and it was very interesting for her to like slip into that accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I don't know, I really, I thought she was incredibly charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I can see why Javier 
and uh, <laughs> Carl <laughs> and Brian and uh, Bob all fell for her. Yep. So then we start talking about, well, we go into the interview, it's mm-hmm. being super Bob. And the nice thing about this film is it's cut into like sections. So you get the like. Yeah. Uh, they put like a card almost in right. front of your screen. Yeah. And so it's uh, pretty easy to follow where we're at in the, the day if you're paying attention to that sort of thing. I mean, it says the time, literally. That's so. true. I was not paying attention the first go round. Truly, I I wasn't till the second one. I was like, oh, this all takes part in one day. Yep. Uh, it's a big day, and it's essentially John the mockumentary just kind of asking uh, Super Bob about being Bob, mm-hmm. and like he was a super, uh, he was a civil ser- servant before this. Uh, he won't use the term superhero, mm-hmm. which I think is so funny because, like, when did Marvel hit it big? What year would have, like, the Marvel movies been? They would have <sighs> already been out in 15, right? Oh, We'd well, be heavy then. in it. Yeah, heavy in it. We probably don't have, like, Infinity War or Endgame, well, but Iron we are Man? deep. When, when is Iron Man? Is that, I, like, 10? Uh, no, Iron Man was, like, early 2000s, I think. Really? Yeah, I mean, they did 23 movies, and let's say they make three movies a year, so maybe. How is this not in the Marvel Universe, Tom? This, My question oh, to be. you. My question, the audience question to you, Tom, is why is this not in the Marvel Universe? I'll give you the floor. Uh, I think this is part of Dark Horse Comics. This is a offshoot of DC. Uh, Such a nerd. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. This, this is clearly an ode well, to comics. We don't use the word superhero. He's like, you could use the word, but we don't use the word. And then he starts. It's a great moment. He goes into this, and and this is such like a government. It's also yeah. a shot at government. He's got to fill out all these forms. He's like, oh, an emergency happens here. I've got to get this form. It's the no-fly zone form. And the way they cut to, like, the people he saved and have had to fill out the forms, and they just have terrible opinions of him because, like, yeah, he saved me, but, I mean, I had to fill out this form. I think one guy was like, out of ten, what would you rate your experience with Bob? Uh, I don't know, six? I mean, I lived. I I didn't didn't die. die. (laughs) It was great. And the rescue lady, she's, like, so disappointed because she's like, I thought he was fit, but then I met him. Bit of a dullard. Which we need to use dullard more. Yeah, British insults are great. Yeah. We need to use them more. Does Super Bob have a girlfriend? Oh, his response is so great. This is what every reporter should ask everyone anytime they sit down with anyone. He just gets like this big old smile. He gets very uncomfortable about it and then like refers to himself in the third person, like, no, Super Bob doesn't have a girlfriend. It's and great. We should point out like so our experience with Brett Goldstein is he's Roy Kent. 100%. Like, so Roy Kent is angry all the time. <laughs> like, he doesn't care what other people think. Yep, very right? assertive. He's yes. very assertive. He's very confident. Um, and, I mean, did I say angry? Because angry was how <laughs> That's I That's one would, of the adjectives, yeah. yep. And so to watch him play Bob Kenner as this kind <laughs> of like, even though he's a superhero, he's not assertive. No. He's like a pushover. He's awkward. People just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, take advantage of him. Uh, they don't think he's virile. Um, <laughs> all the, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to watch him do this. And yeah. he does it really well. Like, well, I, remember, I lost Roy Kent yeah. pretty quickly just to see him in this part. I remember we talked about, like, when we started the Ted Lasso pod about him coming in because he wrote the part of Roy Kent and he's like I can do this like I, I feel like I'm capable of doing that and we didn't really know his acting pedigree or right. what he had done before um, so to see him do that and now do this like clearly the guy's got some range right um, and I mean it's he won an Emmy for uh, his portrayal of Roy Kent in 
in Ted Lasso, and he probably won some Cannes Film Festivals or something like this for this. I'm not sure. I don't think this movie won any awards. <laughs> this Tom. wasn't in cons. No, but I I don't know. I was I'm just surprised. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of small British films I've never heard of uh, or seen, but yeah. um, because this is in the Lasso orbit, we ran across it, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Uh, we then focus on Peckham, and it's like him walking on the street, and he's like, hey, this is where I'm from, this mm-hmm. is where I live, this place is great, everyone's great. They named this place after me, Super Pizza. Super Pizza. <laughs> that was in the short, the Super Pizza. Oh, was it? Same joke, yeah. Okay, so is the joke that it's just called Super Pizza and has <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with him? 100%. All right, I got the joke right about now. Um, and then someone comes by, and they, like, shout at him on a bicycle. Yeah. And he's like everyone's he's like everyone's really nice and then he gets shout at <laughs> shouted at by the bicycle person. And he's like, except for that guy, he's not a fan, and that's almost definitely not a bike. <laughs> so he stole That's a, a petty bike. crime. Super Bob doesn't have time for that stuff, man. Right. And this is where he says uh the best line about Peckham, which you said earlier, which is that it's a little bit It's a little bit stabby. It's a little bit, a little stabby. bit stabby. Everyone wants to describe their hometown as stabby. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is London, right? They don't have guns, so they got they got to stab people. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Another reason why we should all go have guns. It's easier to stab people with bullets. <laughs> As opposed to, like they say, ah, oh, Phoenix, it's a little bit shooty. <laughs> it's a little bit shooty. <laughs> anyway, so it does, so Peckham is, like, the director. I read an interview with him where he talks about how uh, it is where, like, he spent the most time growing up. Mm-hmm. So he literally said in the interview, he's like, this is my love letter to Peckham. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, cool, cool love letter. Yeah. Uh, it caused me to look up what Peckham was and See? where they're at and the fact that they don't have a football team, but that's fine. They don't have a football team? After we talked about, like, every, like, 18 divisions worth of soccer in England and they don't have a football team? People can add at us if Peckham has a football team and I'm not sure about it. I'm sure they do. It's probably a youth football team. Then we roll into the section called Hobbies, which, like, how they came up with this, which is great. He is, he was a part of what, Tom? He's part of a choir. A gospel choir. Like a gospel choir, choir, you. Which is so great. So he's practicing, he's singing with them. He hits that note. Oh, at the very end, it breaks the glass. the glass. And the way they cut out, like, he's outside, and he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, they had an end practice early, and then he hears them singing in the background, and he's, like, kind of upset. But, I mean, he did break their glass. Yeah. He's like, oh, it was so good. They said I, we could go home early, <laughs> yeah. and then realizes they're just in the background singing. <sighs> but I love how you could just so easily pick out his voice as they're all singing, because they're all, yeah. like, harmonizing, and yeah. he's just this... Fish out of water. It's oh, great. at the end of it, he goes for it. My wife's like, that's quite a note he's hitting. And we find him building something. He's just gluing madness onto this. And this was a great joke. Once again, I don't know where they came up with this, but he's building a house of leaves. Mm-hmm. Did you know they were leaves at that point? Uh, I did not until he kind of explains, uh, what it's for later. I didn't, I didn't even get this until, like, he opened the box for June later on. Right. Like, when they're on their date. Like, I had no idea these were I leaves. mean, I knew they were leaves. I did not know what he was building. Okay. I thought he was, like, I, I just thought he was sticking leaves on something. <laughs> I had no, maybe it was a birdhouse. I have no idea. But then his mom calls, and... For people with mothers uh, <laughs> whose mothers call them uh, to th- talk about things like uh, this is us or um, I don't know. I work a job. I will get calls in the middle of the work day from my mother. I love my mother to death. But it's like I have a job. Like 
And it will be about the most mundane thing. Like, hey, can this not wait until after 5 p.m. where, <laughs> you know, I'm not working? Right. Uh, but so great. She's like, I don't have a son. If I had a son, he would visit me. <laughs> and then <laughs> Bob turns to the camera and he's like, I'm not saying she's faking it, but it is a very convenient disease. <laughs> She's like, oh, I heard that, Bob. And he's like, oh, now you remember my name. Just a great, like, back and forth with his mother, who apparently has, I would assume, Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily a laughing matter, but funny in the way that they do it. They present it, yeah, it's kind of We find out that Bob has what? For someone who's invincible, he has a what? He's got a security guy, and it's a union thing. (laughs) And I think his name is Gary? Larry? No, I think you have it written down in the outline somewhere. Okay, we'll find we'll, it. We'll get to it. But I do appreciate it. Like, he's like, but you're invincible. Yeah, it's a union it's thing. It's a union <laughs> thing. And the, his, the guy's bit is he's coming in with, like, jars to open. I feel like it was like what a jar of honey. Jelly? I think it was honey. Because he licks the lid. Or yes. he licks. No, he sticks his tongue in the container. Uh, oh, I think he does. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I would guess, yeah, jelly, honey, something like that. But did not seem necessarily... To strain Bob too much, nor did it strain uh, Doris at the end of the movie. I'm gonna, opens. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna ask you a question, Tom. And there's yep. only two correct answers. Okay. There are two food items in your life that, as soon as you remove the lid, you're allowed to shove your tongue into said container, not lick the lid, but said container. There are two of them. I am going to give you the floor. I will even kind of stall for you because okay. I can feel your. Think about it. Think about your childhood. Think about something you might have in your lunchbox as a child. There are two things. I think they're both made by the same company. And I'm going to turn you... it to you right now. And I know you're going to get both of these right. I have so much faith in you. Much like the choir at the church that Bob, uh, not Kent, Bob Kenner uh, goes to. And the two things are, Tom... Uh, I mean, a snack pack. Okay, so the snack pack pudding. Pudding. Okay. And then, like, gogurt or yogurt? No, 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 no. The jello. The jello cup. You would do that with a jello cup. Why can't you do it with yogurt? Uh, How is yogurt different than. Because that's not one of the right answers. (laughs) Gogurt, you squeeze out of a tube, dude. Come on. (laughs) You're better than this. All right, Tom got one of two. So, in the third part of trivia, if you're keeping score between Tom and I, he won the first two. I just won that one. And he sucks. All right. <laughs> Erroneous. <laughs> Erroneous. They then go, and they're they're talking about, once again, his life as a superhero. <laughs> and he points out, like, why it's lonely. It's essentially lonely yeah. being the lone superhero in the world. He doesn't have the Avengers mm-hmm. or the Revengers or... <laughs> Uh, whatever, the leverage guys, that gang of people on that USA show. And he's he's like, he just wants someone to shine his shoes with. Mm-hmm. Yep, Which sure I does. thought was an interesting phrase. We know he's very good at tying shoes. He's good at tying shoes mm-hmm. because with Keely, yeah. he, he is very attentive in tying her shoes. Correct. So I wondered if mm-hmm. this was a connection between Roy Kent and Bob Kenner and obviously it's gotta be something that we made up on our own <laughs> that they knew about but that's where my mind went when he's like oh i want someone to shine my shoes with i was like tie his shoes with keely <laughs> did you find shine the shoes an interesting phrase like do people shine their shoes that often is that still a thing nowadays tom i can tell you right now that i have uh a tin container of it's a certain kind of oil 
that you rub on leather footwear. Yeah. But I have never gotten my shoes shined at like an airport or anything like that. Nor have I. I have taken uh, shoe polish to like my dress shoes for like, I don't know, work church my third wedding all of those things don't <laughs> I tell used my to, first wife i used to shine my boots like we talked about last time having retreats with uh, my soccer coach or whatever and our soccer team in okay. his cabin like one of the things he made us do when we went to that cabin trip is we all had to buy like the like i don't know the two different types of like the vaseline type stuff and like the darker kind of stuff and then you had to like bring i'm sorry so your coach invited you to a cabin in the woods and was like <laughs> hey boys bring vaseline <laughs> shoe vaseline so it was okay. Sure, that's different. <laughs> but he like that's taught he us. Told the parents. He taught us all how to shine our shoes because we had like very expensive cleats. So he's like, "Hey, you got to take care of these cleats. You got to shine them." So we were shining our soccer boots. Tom, did he have? Listen, and and we can cut all this out here if we're about to discover some painful memories. But did he videotape you guys all vaselining each other's shoes? I don't think so, but I mean, I could be. I've been fooled before. I've been fooled before. Is this guy currently, like, out, like, living, or is he, like, doing time in, in prison? No, this guy is a, he's a youth coach for a local, uh, uh actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's a wonderful man. I don't think he still is, but I know he did. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> um... We find out how long has it been since uh, Bob is out of date. It's been six years. So did apparently, you, did you catch the six years and then in the background, Doris laughs like I do when oh, something yeah. hits me hard? Just a big guffaw. So we just assume that he was like a big ladies' man, and then he got hit by a meteorite, and then he hasn't dated for six years because he's been so busy. Because it's he's it's six years later, right? Right. You're. I didn't make this connection. That's a really good point. I didn't. I did not assume that he was a big ladies' man. <laughs> what I assumed is, like, that's just the last time he had time to focus yeah. on it. Which... Are we to assume, too, that he has a day off? A single day? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Sounds okay, like do Tuesdays they say Okay, this is okay. So, yeah, I guess he just doesn't have time for love, man. Everyone should make time for love. <laughs> Everyone should make love time. <laughs> Wait, I don't think that's... You said that right. That's what my coach used to say. All right. <laughs> Then we find ourselves meeting the wonderful June. Lovely, lovely June. Yes, the librarian. At 10.06 a.m. Mm-hmm. He tells us that June is the most beautiful girl in Peckham. <laughs> and I don't know if this is... I think he's, like, talking about her. And uh, he's talking about how they met and, like, their meet-cute. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she asks him, have you ever read The House of Leaves? And I wanted to dive into this about you, because obviously it comes into play later. Do you know this book? I had never heard of this book before. Okay, so we're going to go real granule here. Go. House of Leaves is a book that I don't think I ever finished, but I definitely started. Okay. And I feel like your older brother, or Ben, was really into this book. And kind of brought it into the fold of our okay. like weird friend group. I feel like that might be a Ben book. Okay. Ben, one of our, yeah. My older brother's good friends I live with for a while. Sure. Everyone wanted to know they that. They need to know. Thank you. Ben's a good guy. Great guy. Firefighter. Yeah, just, had a, just had a second kid. Congratulations. Really again, good ben. dude. No one's going to find him and write him I know Ben's this. a big listener to this podcast. So, Well, it is a book that, for those of you that have read it, I'm going to explain in this way. It's like a book on top of a book on top of a book on top of a book. 
it's like it's written, a book inception it's like written from um like a study about a family that lives into a house and they find out like the house is much bigger on the inside than it looks from the outside like they go into rooms so like a harry potter like, tent yeah like a harry potter tent exactly thank you i think i can relate most of this to but then it has like footnotes about someone doing like studies on the house or the book itself Hmm. and there's like a another narrator that comes into play it is a crazy book that someone um wrote and people were like oh this is really good and I think it's maybe just nonsense it's garbage. that we were tricked into. Is it, I won't say garbage. Yeah, I found it like, interesting. It's creepy, too. He said like it's a spiral book? Like you read it and like to turn the page? Is that just like a section of it? No, or? Like, it is very much like that where it's not like pages look like pages. It's like some things are written around the borders. Okay. And then there's like um, notations. And um, it's just it's very complicated. And I think it was not something where the author felt like he had to explain any of it. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, if I put madness on the page, <laughs> people will think this is genius. Right. Much like most people, like <laughs> uh, Da Vinci or Van Gogh or Martin Luther or any of those people. Tesla? Tesla, sure. Um, <laughs> sure. But so did you finish said book? No. Okay. Absolutely not. I don't okay. think anyone's finished it. If someone tells you they finished House of Leaves and it's their favorite book, they're a liar. <laughs> well, we find out later Bob was just misread. <laughs> misread. Yeah. Or misheard, excuse me. But June is played by Laura Haddock. Mm-hmm. Did you know her from anything? I'll say this yeah. as you're thinking about this. When she came on the on the big screen, mm-hmm. by that I mean we've got one of those like 55-inch tube <laughs> televisions. Yep. Uh, where you have to hit the buttons on the screen to change the channel. Oh, wow. But you have to push them in a certain way. Good for you. My wife was like, oh, she's really pretty. She is very pretty. She's, she's a very, very attractive pretty. woman. All right. Uh, got sh- Tom on, on, uh, <laughs> on record, record saying it. We got him. Um, she looked incredibly familiar. Like I might have seen her from some things. And I think I looked up her IMDb page. And I think like the biggest probably blockbuster movie she's been in is Guardians of the Galaxy. She played Meredith Quill. Um, uh, Peter, Peter Quill's. Quill's mom. Uh, Who's but I think, played by Chris Pratt. Yes. Chris, Chris Pratt's mom. Chris, Chris Guardians of the Galaxy. But I think she's been in a handful of other things that I feel I feel like I recognized her more so from that. Because I think even in Guardians, she might have been in like uh, uh, flashback sequences and stuff. Okay. But in the first uh, Guardians, like she was just like, she was very sickly and she was like in bed and I don't think she had like any hair. So like very different role. So that's why I'm like, I didn't recognize her from that. Listen, I've never watched a Marvel movie, but call him BS. I'm starting to get the sense that Super Bob is part of the Marvel universe. Sure, and it would make sense. I'm going to assume Peter Quill. Did you say his name was? Yes. Probably doesn't know who his father is. So walk, <laughs> I'll walk this path with me, my friend. Yes, walk this path through the House of Leaves to I'm, where I'm getting to. I'm going to jog, which is. We're walking because we're holding hands. You can't jog and walk with me at the same time if we're holding hands. Okay. Here's the deal. Can we skip? I think we'll Super skip. Bob okay. and June wind up together after this movie. Like, they reconcile. Okay. And their son's name is Peter. Mm. And they name him Peter Quill because she works in a library and books are written with quills. Mm, wow. This is why this movie should be part of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I mean, it's agree a little... or disagree, Tom? Right now, <laughs> disagree. Oh man, you're the worst. 
Wait, <laughs> yes, wait a yes and me, friend. But I do appreciate your, your Quill reference. That's fantastic. I didn't realize this was part of the Marvel Universe until this moment. Mm-hmm. He's then outside the parcel office. The parcel office is a much better name than the post office. I just want to... I, I like that better. I'll agree with that one. And he's, like, talking to the camera, and this woman in line's like, Hey, Bob, come here. He's like, I don't know this woman. <laughs> Which, I don't think he does. No, people just know him. Yeah, yeah, she's like, hey, do this for me. You're a superhero. Stand in line <laughs> for me. And he's such a... This is, like, establishing he's a pushover. Yeah. And, like, I would argue he's just a super nice guy. Yeah. Um, which, if someone gets struck by a meteor and becomes a superhero, you want them to be a super nice guy? Because yeah. I would think that, and this is probably uh, expanded in a lot of other shows, is like if you're given superhero abilities, it probably just expands on who you are already. Yep. So if you're an evil person and you get superheroes, mm-hmm. I don't think, or superpowers, I don't think you become good. <laughs> they should make like an Amazon show about that type of stuff. <laughs> Anyways, he's a pushover, he stands in line. We find out that June asked him on the date, right? Or does he ask June? No, June asked him. Okay, Yeah, it kind of goes back and forth. June eventually says that I I asked him out, yep. And he gives this charming look to camera where he goes, there's no accounting for taste. (laughs) And I was like, I don't really know what that means, but I really appreciate it. Is he saying that June asked him out, so like there's no accounting for taste in him? Yeah, I think think it is like a self-deprecating joke about like that she would go for him and then he's got to go buy clothes and like mm-hmm. we find out that Teresa offered to take him but he doesn't want to go with Teresa he wants to go with doris doris which i think their relationship and we'll talk about this in a little while mm-hmm. is has she known him for six years since he became like shortly after he became super bob she does a little confessional with the documentary crew and i think she does mention that yeah i think it is six years because I don't think he would have had, like, a cleaner if we was, like, a civil servant kind of a sure. thing. So, say, like, that's part of maybe what even Teresa, like, got him. They got him a cleaner. They got him a security guard. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I have trouble thinking about these two people being, like, that close over six years. And this it taking six years for it to come to fruition. Well, it's like a friendship. Like, they just, like, have a budding friendship. They don't necessarily, like, Bob, like, just kind of discovers that he, like, has feelings for her. And never really thought about it until he had his first date with June. So he's kind of like in the romantic, I don't know, like mindset or whatever. And then realized like that, Hey, I've had this person right in front of me. Okay. But she's Tonks. She is Tonks. She's She's, a gorgeous. Yes. She's a gorgeous woman that you figure he might've tried. Yeah. He might've given it a a passing thought. (laughs) Um, But I guess we do find out he's just uh, a little bit slow on the uptake sometimes. Mm -hmm. Then this is we're shopping and I think this is where he's like popping out and things and they call him, they tell him he looks desperate and insane. Yeah. And then we make a comment about Brett Goldstein's most prominent features. Yeah. He's got terrorist eyebrows. Terrorist eyebrows. <laughs> Gets confirmed from the bodyguard. Oh yeah. You'd absolutely have terrorist eyebrows. Poor, poor Brett Goldstein. Listen, he's, he's owning his eyebrows. He's not oh, afraid of them. And they're walking on the street and this woman's like, Hey, are you enjoying your day off, Bob? And he's like, yeah, he's like nice to her. And she's like, <laughs> you lazy piece of poop! <laughs> oh, that's so people great. are mean, man. Yeah, like, people are mean. That's just mean. What's he supposed day? to be doing? Yeah, I do appreciate though how they eventually get to them sitting on a bench, and I think it sits on this scene for like two minutes straight. 
Um, but they're just hanging out eating Lunchables. And it took me a second to like, what are they eating? Like, Oh really? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are they? But then they, once he starts like putting it together and then it gets a little bit closer and you actually see it's like, like ham cheese and cracker. And you see a nice moment. He like puts something on her Lunchable for her. Uh Like she's missing the cheese and, uh, you know, my heart melted a little for the (laughs) two of them. When's the last time you ate a Lunchable? Um, like from a, package i don't know we do like meat and cheese trays uh which a cracker might be slipped in there but an actual lunchable here's the deal my family was never one to buy those so like i was the kid with a brown paper bag and like a sandwich that i probably made uh and everyone else had like squeeze it's and lunchables and i was like one day you got an apple and a pbj that's why i think i'm uh i'm very much for like my children they should just get those things because i didn't have them so no i was never i mean a lunchable would never have been anything we had in our house i felt like i had them when i was a kid and then like when i was in college and had to start like grocery shopping for myself and i was like going through the aisles i'm like i'm gonna get a lunchable so i got like three or four lunchables they're terrible. Yeah. They're terrible when you go back and try to have them as an adult. Yeah. Also, you look at it and you're like, wait, I can buy a bo- box of Ritz crackers <laughs> yeah. and a pound of deli meat <laughs> yeah. and make 12 Lunchables. <laughs> that are a thousand the, times better. Yeah, yeah. For the cost of what a Lunchable <laughs> is. No no offense to Lunchables. If you want to sponsor us, by all means, send us Lunchables. But um, I have this uh, crazy theory that uh, non-Lunchable people and Lunchable people marry each other. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just to say in my own life um someone, so you think you think your wife is a lunchable person my wife is most certainly the kid that got lunchables <laughs> and i'm the brown paper bag kid that's exactly no, how it i'm gonna go home and just ask my wife hey <laughs> did you have lunchables when you were a kid and if she did divorce <laughs> <laughs> oh no she's gonna listen to this i love you honey <laughs> <laughs> Um, we find out that I think this is where she's talking to the camera. We find yeah. out that mm-hmm. she works at the care home mm-hmm. of Bob's mom, mm-hmm. and then Bob's mom's like, "Hey, I have a son that needs taken care of," <laughs> yeah. so he like helps out with uh, the cleaning as well. And that's how I got stuck with Bob. I think is her. Exact well, she even term. mentions like, "Oh, this guy can't tie shoelaces," and that's BS. We know this guy can tie shoelaces. Roy like, the Kent, best of them. Bob. Goldstein and Super Bob can tie <laughs> shoelaces. Brett Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. <laughs> Her whole point was she's doing this job in order to raise money to open a nursery in Columbia, which yeah. is where she's from. Mm-hmm. This is them walking across the street, and she's like asking Bob, "What are you going to do for yeah. your date?" <laughs> which is kind of fun to think about, like yeah. if you're a superhero. So be ready for this question after I get done talking <laughs> about this. But Bob's idea is first date. He's going to fly her to this super cool monastery in Tibet. Um, they're going to sit there and like look over. And Doris is like, are you crazy? Do you want to look crazy? And I think this is where Bob goes, I most certainly don't want to look crazy. <laughs> very like, sincerely. Yeah, very sincerely. I do not want that to happen. And she's like, take her to the local restaurant in Peckham. Ask her personal stuff. And she's like, don't ask who supplies her gas. And the way the way Bob like reacts to it, it's almost like, I think he was going to ask her about the gas company. Well, they do end up talking about gas later on. Just different gas. Right. (laughs) 
Oh, this gets to a theory of mine, so we'll go into that. Pin it. I will pin it, Tom. <laughs> then we find ourselves in the clothing store where he comes out in some great outfits. He does. And he asks her, like, is this good? She's like, no. No, I hate that. <laughs> Which is, did you think of all the clothing trying on that happens in the last show? Oh, that's right. I forgot about it. There's a bunch of, like... Yeah. Apparently, in British shows, they really like a good... <laughs> a good fashion joke. Which I guess is like a... That's like a rom-com staple, like, right? You, you yeah. go to the it's store like a to, like... Pretty woman kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Let's change this person by changing their clothes. <laughs> or just take off their glasses. This very attractive person just takes off their glasses, and guess what? They're still attractive. Tom, you wear glasses, and you're <laughs> super attractive, one way or the other. And soon you won't be wearing glasses, Tom. Get my eyeballs lasered on Thursday. That's a little bit about you. Yep. All right, and in the clothing shop, he gets a call from Teresa. Mm-hmm. She's telling him it's an emergency. And Doris is like, no, like, what about the date? Like, hang up. No. He's like, I can't say no to the Ministry of Defense. I don't know if you realize this. On more than one of the the time cards, defense is spelled with a C at the end, which I thought was strange. On the... There's one in the very beginning where Mm. defense is not an S at the end. It's a C at the end, which made me think if they spell it differently. So it's like favorite or color where they add a U, like weirdos. He spelled color rock. No, what did he say? He <laughs> yeah, spelled favorite rock. favorite rock. He spelled favorite rock. So good. You got that joke. I did not. This is when one of the funnier moments of the show. Probably one of my favorite lines, yeah. And he incidentally calls her a lady of the night. Yep. He makes this comment because she's saying like, oh, what? A woman can't have uh, be with multiple people. And he's like, no, not every woman. Just you you are a lady of the night and he's like i can't believe that's where that sentence ended i thought there would be other words that would make it better and he's, he's just, yeah he's trying to take all of it back immediately after right. he says that he realizes uh-oh this reminded me very much of like a michael scott kind of line oh, yeah. out of the office yeah definitely definitely <laughs> i do appreciate it he turns to the shopkeeper and he's like can i get some help like what's the shopkeeper gonna do for you the guy's like hey cut your losses man like <laughs> And this is then where she pulls up a blank sheet of paper, which I didn't really know where this was going. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate that they brought it back a little bit later. But this was the go F yourself form. It was. That he had to sign. It's like there's nothing on it. Full name. Oh, no, it says it. it's magic. It's psychic paper. Yeah. <laughs> then this gets us to the Ministry of Defense meeting. It's an emergency. They need a handshake, a hug, and for him to hold the baby. <laughs> This is the first time we see him, like, in the full uniform, I think. Like, maybe in the, like, in first the intro, you see him in the black biker but uh, like, jacket with cape. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate, like, he's got the little Union Jack right there. Got the flag. Mm. And then right underneath it, it's got R. Kenner, which, did that remind you of anything? No. It 100% took me into Ghostbusters. Like, the Ghostbuster uniforms, where they all mm. had, like, you know, stands or, you know, all their names right on their okay. uniforms. It 100% was like, oh, this is a Ghostbusters uniform. She explains that to him that he needs to shake hands with the USA so they don't think he's dangerous. USA. We find out that the U.S. USA. tried to poach him. By the way, if the U.S. tried to poach him, we would have gotten we, we, him. We got him. We, we get our man. We would have gotten him. He'd be living in Iowa on a farm because that's central. Anyways, <laughs> then the USA, we find out, is doing a smear campaign because they want to get him to get him back. Mm-hmm. I think this is also the point where we finally meet the American politician who is doing like a weird george w like impression 
Is that not what you got from him? I don't know if I got George W. I think it's just like any right wing kind of lunatic politician that's just. They're not all lunatics, Tom, but (laughs) I see where you're getting at. Um, He, the actor he made me think most of, did did it hit you as someone like he he was, uh, he looked like someone? Not necessarily. I feel like he was just a generic white old politician. He looked like to me, and I am completely blanking on the name, so I'll insert it in robot voice. (laughs) Dennis Quaid. (laughs) <laughs> that worked anyways it, the actor reminded me it was like a dennis quaid like yeah. a poor man's dennis quaid anyways they really like went after america with this politician <laughs> i felt like he's like what kind of superhero smashes up a school a it was school. like very yeah very much a don't look at the good let's just look at the bad that he yep. did mm-hmm. uh, and then it turns into like a marketing meeting where they're going through photo sh- uh, photo op oh, options those were so great wait is photo op is op options in that term did i just learn something yeah, photo options photo He's... operation is it photo operation? What's a photo? What's op in photo op? I mean, now that I right have no idea. Write us. What's I would our, guess. What's our email address, Tom? Uh, team binge podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate your emails. Every one of them have been a complete joy. Mm-hmm. They're not vultures. They're bald eagles. <laughs> yeah, I was confused at first, but no, they're bald eagles. Guy doesn't know what a bald eagle is. It's All those great. guys like little comments are like great. Like these yeah. these, these mountains are snow capped. They don't have to be. We could change that. Right. We'll put some like you know buzzers on the ground or, or you know to meat on them, the ground. Yeah. Get them to get the flaws I'm realizing why this movie didn't do well in America. A lot of shots. A lot of shots fired. Bob wants to cancel so he doesn't miss his date. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like Doris says I should say no more. Teresa goes after Doris. And then the culmination of this, the real culmination of this scene is the um, picture of what, Tom? If uh, the guy handed him a hot dog and him like on on me getting the <laughs> hot dog. Like I understand from like a comedic value, but there's no way that picture ever makes it into that boardroom. Like everyone else is oblivious, but Super Bob. Like, I appreciate what's happening. Super Bob sees it. He's like, all right, I'll go with the handshake. Fine. <laughs> Immediately. And then I think he's on the balcony. He cancels on June. He's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then he decides to grow a backbone and be a superhero. And he's like, no, I'm not. And this is such a very funny thing that oh, I love I'm this. sure other shows and other movies have pointed this out. And I think we've talked about it mm-hmm. as we discussed Lasso is how no one ever says goodbye on a phone call. Yeah. It's like a show doesn't have time for one more word, <laughs> so they always hang up on people in shows. Yep. And he hangs up on June. <laughs> and they do this like, no, sorry, June, I didn't hang up on you. I was trying to be dramatic. I was going <laughs> to... Like he gets the call back right from her. And right. she's like, what you, I'm mad, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I just need to say goodbye. I was being dramatic. So and it's great because you don't hear her. He's yeah. like acting just, yeah. yeah. Great phone acting. <laughs> And then he goes in and he's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And he, there's this moment where he like thrusts like, his fist in the like, air. Effing no. Boom. Effing fist in the air. No fist in the air. <laughs> and then he comes back and Brett Goldstein apologizing for saying the F word to a group of people. Didn't think we'd hear that from him, this guy. <laughs> so great. 
He's like, listen, in about four or five years, I'm going to be saying a lot of swear words on television. Usually to small children. (laughs) At small children, so get used to it. Oh, it was great. And then he hangs up on Doris, and they do the whole bit again. I just thought that was a funny thing, because if you pay attention in movies or shows, they just, I guess, I don't know, is it like a dramatic effect that they hit, like... I don't know what it is. It's, it's like you want to cut scene, so you hang up, and then you can cut scene immediately without having a goodbye. I'm the type of person that says goodbye like three times on the phone because you want to be the last person to say it. Mm. And so it's like, hey, all right, have a good one. Get, yeah, goodbye. All right, goodbye. Like, <laughs> you go back and forth. I can't hang up a call without saying three goodbyes. Mm. We're at 1 p.m., Tom. 1 p.m. It's a lunch date. We should be doing this uh, like in real time. We should be doing these sections. This is 1 p.m. We should wait till 1 p.m. and do this section and then do the next section at 2.19. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's wait. <laughs> it's only several hours away. We see him sitting at the table all alone. My wife, just an audible. Oh, oh. I did not. I did not catch this because it's 1 p.m. And then it flashes. It says, well, it says dinner date or date 1 p.m. And then, and then it, it says like 140, 140, right? Yeah, I totally missed it the first time. Uh, my wife felt for him <laughs> immediately sitting at that table being stood up. I did too. Why did? Did we ever find out? Why did she stand him up? Was it a miscommunication? I thought it was, well, because Teresa's pulling the strings. Yeah. So I thought that was what it was about. But, like, doesn't Teresa want them to get together and be on a date? Or she wants him to go to the but date at she the didn't want the lunch date to happen because she wanted him to shake hands oh, with everyone. Oh, I got you. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that was a vindictive, hey, you're I mean, now. this movie is like a dry British comedy, but also you got to really be paying attention to all <laughs> yeah. those details. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Much like all those Marvel movies I've watched mm-hmm. from the Marvel universe. Yep. It's 219 this is oh uh, doris shows up she's like why is your phone off he's like you told me to turn my phone (laughs) off at dates she's like your mom fell come on so Mm -hmm. then we find ourselves at the care home Mm -hmm. and it's bob and his mom having a a cuppa cup of tea a cuppa they said cuppa a cuppa but i appreciate they're both sitting like on the side of the bed and they they drink the tea simultaneous right (laughs) javier we meet javier i think at this point comes down the uh the hallway. Mm-hmm. Every time what I think is so funny is if you watch Javier just in the background, regardless of the age of the woman he's talking to, <laughs> it's very, like, overly affectionate, we'll say. I don't know what better term. You think he's sitting on the old ladies there? Every the one of them. Wow. It's certainly the ones that have an inheritance to give. <laughs> this is then when the mom is talking about her wanting him to find a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's like... I'm going to die sooner than you think. And this is not something to be laughed about. But <laughs> has your has either of your parents ever brought up their own death as a, like, guilt trip? Not necessarily as a guilt trip, but, like, you know, as they start getting, like, knees replaced and hips and shoulders and things like not that. Not going to be here forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a parent, I'm not going to name which one, uh, that often brings up her, uh, her demise <laughs> and uses it as leverage during conversations and it's like hey i don't really want to think about that so please stop bringing it up but it is what it is they're important conversations you got to have them they're not they're not pleasant this is (laughs) no she's not bringing up for an important reason it's uh leverage in order to get me to uh, like move boxes anyways this is then when bob is like i touch lots of women and the other caretakers in the hallway 
and she's staring at him and he's like only when they ask yes and she's like when do they ask they don't they don't such a great i love once that. again brett goldstein just does an incredible job and i love again like i love the idea of somebody being in the background or just walking by catching it and then they insert themselves into the scene right I love it. it's great. right then the mom starts taking a copious amount of pills uh because bob <laughs> won't find a woman and then bob just says hey doris and i are together and the mom is ecstatic crazy happy because yep. she loves doris yep and i think this is where bob convinces doris let's just pretend mm-hmm. this is a great justification she won't remember anyways <laughs> so let's do it so good so good and this finds us at gladys and ted's 60th anniversary was his name ted it was ted uh, yep there we go. Another connection. Oh, man. Ted Lasso. If only it was Michelle and Ted's 60th anniversary. It, uh, well, it's Michelle different and Ted are not going to have it's a different universe. anniversary. Oh, I wish they would. <laughs> I wish they would. This is where Doris forces Super Bob to give a speech. And I got to be honest, oh, I had a great time. This speech, fantastic. Great Take time. I'll hit some of the stuff. It's just like, he's clearly unprepared. Yeah. She She's put him on the spot. And he's like... 60 years is a long time. You're the sort of couple that's going to die very soon <laughs> after each other. Not from cancer or because you've caught something, but because your heart. And then he's kind of like, Ugh, and then he like pop. There's like a popping <laughs> noise. Like pop, literally puts his finger Whoop. in the mouth. That was great. In like a week. <laughs> we don't want you to die. Well, if you're in pain, then go ahead. Yeah, like, I mean, we'll mourn you. Like, oh, we'll be so sad. good. Everything, every bit of it was just awkward and great. Oh, and good. I loved it. And he gets to his point, which is, don't we want to be with someone that if they die, we don't want to go on? Yeah. Join your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, if I would die, then yes, I don't want my spouse to go <laughs> on. But if my spouse dies... <laughs> I'm probably going to take like a National Forest Service job and live in the woods. Okay. And yeah, that's what I thought about. That's <laughs> okay. where I'm at. Tom, your retort? Uh, no, oh, no. We're, we're, yeah, no, no, no. We're both going out in Blades of Glory. Parachutes, snowshoots. Blades of Glory. So some sort of figure skating <laughs> accident. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, we should have talked about this before and I meant to hit it, but Tom, you're a superhero. You get your choice of taking someone out on a first date where you can fly and have laser eyes. What do you do with said person? Uh, I mean, we have to go to a very fine dining restaurant. And I would go to a restaurant that's very popular, uh, very good restaurant that everybody loves. But I go to the classy version of it. Okay. So we would fly to Vegas and go to the Vegas Taco Bell. It's really fancy. They've got these yard drinks that are really good as well. Is it like up in the air? Do you have to fly to it or is it ground level? No, it's on the second. Well, there's two stories. So you can go to the second story. So we would need the second story to make it fancy. Sure. Um, and then, of course, after that, we would fly to, I don't know, Paris, Eiffel Tower. Okay, That's probably sure. the answer you should give. Sure. Um, and you're a superhero, so you speak French. I speak French. Well, does superhero allow you to speak languages? I don't know. Can you tell us what you'd say to your date in French, Tom? Uh, I would tell her I love her face. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. All right. That's good. That's good. And you? Well, I know deep down, just as someone who is a huge, like, nature guy, that fear... You love them so much, you gotta kill it. Fear and adrenaline 
are an incredible aphrodisiac. So what I would do, like most superheroes, I would take my date and I would rob a series of banks. (laughs) And as the police are chasing us, I wouldn't like fly away. I'd like let them think they're going to catch us. And I'd take my date on a series of like, I don't know, we'd hop on a train. We'd be like running and we're doing all these things. And we just rob bank after bank after bank. but never get caught. Wow. So it's like just a great escape. It's just a constant escape plan. Sure. Is then she I'd, driving? And then I'd go into flying? jail and then I'd break out of jail. Okay. But they'd never catch me because <laughs> I'm prison Mike. Oh, anyways. Like, <laughs> Where were we? Oh, we're at the newsroom. Mm-hmm. And we have seen this anchor throughout the show. I don't know. Did you recognize the news anchor? I recognize him right away from a show my wife watches. The guy's name is David Harwood. Okay. Um, so TV anchor. He was on Supergirl. Okay. So apparently he only is in movies that start with Super or shows that start with Super. Sure. Uh, but he plays the Martian Manhunter in that show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is, uh, that is not where I knew him from. I knew him from what else the TV show... That I'm pretty sure I wrote down, and for some reason right now I am blank. Homeland. He was in Homeland. <laughs> oh, okay. He was like the head of CIA in Homeland. That's where I recognized him from. He gotcha. was great in that. But I appreciate that the the thing the senator is mad about is that he wouldn't shake his hand. Wouldn't shake his hand. That's it. Man, we Americans can get uh, saucy about the smallest <laughs> of things. Saucy. This gets us to the moment where we're dancing with Doris. We're still at the uh, home care place. Mm-hmm. They're having some like back and forth. They're kind of talking yeah. about like what their first like uh, uh, kiss or not necessarily first kiss. Well, like, they oh, haven't first gotten to that out. this. This well, is where don't? she shows him the paper that he signed. Oh, okay. And he reads through that and he's like, how good? How come your English is so good on paper? <laughs> Which is a great moment. And they're just dancing, and then they're spinning around, and then they float. And I thought it was—I thought the way the music was done, I thought the way it was shot, like mm-hmm. the lighting, yeah, it was like a super nice, relaxing, romantic. I didn't think this was possible, but they both floated and fell in love. Tom, this is why you're in radio. <laughs> that type of um, whatever you just did there. I gotta do a little deeper. Got that radio voice. Cool jazz. June. <laughs> oh no. June then calls and the date is back on, and then they leave to go back to go to Bob's house. Bob's house. But I do appreciate when they're on the phone call. I think Bob emphasizes goodbye. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. We're back at why won't Super Bob shake hands? You don't have control over Super Bob. Super Bob hates America. I, I don't know. All of this stuff was like, all right. I do appreciate Teresa's like descriptions of America. She's like, <laughs> plinkety plunkety country and western football with your KG head helmet hats, peanut butter and jelly. This is great. Can I ask you, how would you describe America? Three things. Describe America. Go. Uh, jackhammer. Aggressive. <laughs> aggressive jackhammer. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. Classic American. I asked for three. He gives me four. Uh, I think I gave you five, but I doubled <laughs> on a couple of them. So I don't think they leave there because they're still at the home care place. And Doris asked Bob to like explain 
how they first met or how they yeah pressed each got other together because the other they kept cutting back and forth between the the nursing home or whatever the care home and the news anchor that's right whatever. okay so, yeah. and so Dar- doris we find out that doris really likes the strong assertive virile type <laughs> and she's and bob's like well i'm a superhero <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, be arrogant or whatever. I'm a right. She's like, how did you impress me? I'm a superhero. I never think of you like that, which is such a great line. Mm-hmm. And then it's Doris asked me out. <laughs> and she's like, I didn't ask you out. You asked me out. And he goes into watching her. She's like, he always watches me eat bananas. <laughs> she eats bananas with the skin on. Of course I watch. It's weird. <laughs> so strange so strange now are we i to, wonder is are, that a thing are we to assume like like i'm pretty sure like apes do it i think apes eat the whole thing and i don't think it's necessarily bad right but are we to assume she you know bites it like it's a i don't know a banana a banana with the skin still on and does she like spit the skin out no i think the assumption here is that she eats the peel she and eats all. the peel good for her it's like eating an orange with the peel. I don't think I'd do that. An apple with the peel, I'll do. <laughs> the devil's a peel. No, thank you. Well, yeah. We learned something. This, then the mom interjects, he always used to steal my knickers, which, <laughs> thanks, mom. It was four. That mom. happened once. <laughs> and uh, I do like how Doris, once again, she made him do the speech. She sets him up here. She said, he says, four. He said the perfect words. Four perfect <laughs> yeah. words. And he has to fumble and figure out what the four perfect words were. He goes through were. some like, romantic comedies mm-hmm. yep. like you had me at. She's like, no, oh, that's You complete me, I think. Completely, yes. Yeah. Uh, but and then he, finishes on, which I spoiled earlier, I love your face. And I, he's, I like how he face. says it, and he's like surprised. And his voice like, nailed that it. is four words. Yes, yeah. I got it. By the way, not a good one. Like, not, <laughs> not one you should be proud of. I love your face. It's not a great. Say it to my wife every night. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe it does work. Then they apparently leave the care home. And they're walking down the street. I guess you like hear in the background that stuff's happening. Like mm-hmm. there's been a big crash. Did she get a call? Does Teresa call her? Or call him? I don't think. No, he doesn't oh, get a call because she be doesn't there. want him to be there. And so this is another one of the times where he bends down and he shoots into the sky and it looks mm-hmm. pretty good. Yep. She keeps walking. And this is also intercut with the news things of like, he's. I know exactly where he's at. He's on his day off. He's <laughs> not doing anything. And then he shows up at the crash at 5.09, and he's helping uh, people. Teresa shows up, and she's like, you can't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the moment where he gets in the car. The woman is like something sticking out of her chest. Yeah, uh, I don't think she was going to make it. She dies in the car. And I won't name names, but the <laughs> person I was with watching this laughed at the most inappropriate time. And I looked at said person, and the person was like, oh, I thought they were going to have her, like, slump over and fall, and I thought it was going to be comedic. Comedy bit? Not comedy. Very serious. Very sad. The music, the lighting, everything tells you this is the serious moment of the movie. Well, yeah, like, the movie does tiptoe kind of the drama and comedy, so you weren't know if they were going to be, but I feel like there's enough drama in this, like, with, like, the relationship and, like, the sincerity that Bob, like, delivers and, and is, like, trying to be a good person that, yeah, I took this as a very sincere moment, and it was, like, heart-wrenching to, like, like Bob was there to kind of comfort this woman as, right. as she passed. Right. Um, yeah, normal people would find this moment sad. <laughs> okay. I just want that on record. Okay. Not, uh having a small guffaw uh as they thought but no i thought this was an interesting moment and it's like his heart is to help people yeah which is what you want and 
once again, big government getting in the way, trying to keep good people from doing good stuff. <laughs> Just like our American senator on the television and the hand and the handshake. <laughs> Anyways, I, and then he flies away from the the crash site once again. I thought the effects were were great. Mm-hmm. How long was the senator on the talk show? Like he is <laughs> he was at that table with the guy from Homeland for so long. Like typically they have a guest on for what like a 3 minute segment and then yeah. they cut to commercial and then Listen, it's not often that the uh, British news gets such a powerhouse American senator. The guy's like, "Well, I'm in England. I'll be on your news show for 6 hours." <laughs> He's a guest anchor for the day, but he's also shouting. It was probably an hour-long show, so he was he showing in like the half-hour segment. We don't know how long Bob was at the uh, the nursing home or whatever, or the care home, excuse me. He's like, he says something like, you guys are sitting on the best or the one of the greatest discoveries in the world. He's like, you've got a WMD. <laughs> when he used WMD, I was like, oh, man, this is really a throwback to like 03 America sucks, but I don't We're know. We're good now. They, uh, we're much better now. Okay. Much better. Uh, the best. Anyways, then we're at Bob's house. I do appreciate how we like enter Bob's house for like the way we transition to the scene because he's like on the stoop and he's like, you know, the music is playing like in kind of uniform. Bill Lawrence style. He's in. He's like got the blood in his face. Like he's clearly like dealing with the emotion of what just happened here. And then uh, Doris comes in. He's like, yeah, I forgot my keys. Sorry, Sorry I couldn't I get in. Yeah, <laughs> a little levity. Yeah. They go into his house and she's like taking care of him. And it's what's so funny is she's like talking about the most like mundane thing. Yeah. She's like an argument happened and I was supposed to do such and such. And she's spraying him down <laughs> with household cleaner. And I thought to myself, is it because he's, I guess, impenetrable that you can wipe him down with bleach? That's a fair is point. Is that what it is? I didn't think about you that at all. You can spray his eyeballs with bleach and it's not going to affect him because he's super Bob? That's pretty awesome, actually. I was like, was this just a weird movie thing? Or is this like a deep, they're like, listen, you wouldn't like just have him shower. You would spray him down with industrial cleaner because he can't be like damaged. I like that's a good take. I did not. I mean, I thought it was I thought she was just using like a, a Windex bottle to clean him. But I didn't think of that uh, invulnerability bit. I like right. it. And then he gets real vulnerable. And he's just like, today was tough. Yeah. And like, and it's very nice, lovely moment because she sits with him and she's just there with him in silence. And, you know, at least he's, one of his complaints is how lonely it's been. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of the, I don't feel like they've had this moment. Like, I didn't get the sense that this had happened before. Like, he'd probably seen traumatic things. Yeah. But like to share it with her. And for to, for her to sit there with him, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like that was something new. And for sure. It's broken up by Barry. There he is. There it is. Barry comes in and he needs him not to open up chips, open up his crisps. Oh, that's, learned. that's right. Yes. Which I would argue if your security guy can't open <laughs> a, a small bag of crisps, Listen, we're not, in trouble. It's not that he can't open it. It's that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. <laughs> so great. I mean, he's a big guy. He's probably capable, but. Listen, if you got a guy there, that's going to open up Bex Crisp for you. That's right. And then who shows up? Surprise, surprise. April, May, June shows up. June, but not June Diane Rayfield. No. June shows up. Bob goes to get cleaned up. Which he gets cleaned up very quickly. So quickly. So quickly. Well, I mean, you break down that blood with industrial cleaner. It's going to wipe off pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's... 
I mean, he's got, he has to have super speed, right? If he can fly. He's faster than a speeding bullet. He says it in the thing. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, never mind. I'll take yeah. it all back. He probably just used the mirror, lasered it off, you know, <laughs> bounced the laser off the mirror, cut the blood off his face. That's how he shaves. That's how he got those sideburns so, <laughs> so, so crisp. Precise. Yeah. <laughs> he comes down. He looks great. And Doris leaves pretty awkwardly. She's, like, clearly a little bit upset that June has shown up. Well, I don't know if it's as upset, like... Yeah, she's definitely, like, because they had a moment, and I think you probably want to explore the moment a little bit, but, like, when June comes in, she comes in hot. Like, she comes in and kisses him, like, right on the mouth. Oh, that's right. So I think that kind of makes her a little bit more upset, and she's like, okay, now I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to see this. And she hits her face on the door as she leaves, which is something that happens to all of us Mm -hmm. all the time. And he goes to check on her. Like, well, he's so he's talking to June. He's like, oh, you look great. You look very green. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... He's like, can you wait one second? Mm-hmm. And he goes to the door, he opens it, he looks out, and he kind of like rests against the door. And I was like, is he like hoping that Doris is outside there like waiting for him? What 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 was happening here? Or is he like so nervous about June that he just wanted like a breath of fresh air or a moment? I got the sense that he was hoping Doris was there. Yeah, I don't know what like he was doing. Like unconscious on the stoop because she hit her head so hard? I didn't know what yeah, was going on. I agree. It was kind of odd. Like, may, like the only thing I could think of is like maybe he wanted like one more little pep talk or one more little thing from Doris to say like, hey, how do I approach this situation? Because he clearly is nervous. Like it cuts back to him and like he doesn't necessarily know what to say. And he's like, let's do this. Let's do a date. Like he's he's very awkward around her. So. Sure. But it, it was a weird sequence. I agree. So then this is the dinner date. And he had told her that he was going to cook for her and he was going to do all this. Yeah. Which he's done no prep work. So <laughs> Again, I'm, super speed, man. I'm very interested in, oh, does he heat it with his eyeballs? Sure, why not? Okay. Ingredients don't uh, have to worry about like time with him. Sure. He gives June the house of leaves, which is hilarious. Oh, the way he does it too, the presenting it. He just has like a cardboard box, like like a like a filing cabinet box or whatever, right. over it. It's like, oh, what's that smell? Right. Slowly She's... pulls it off. Still has no idea what it is, and we he find... slowly starts to get her to it, and literally just has to say it out loud. And she is being uh, fake gracious. We'll say that. Yes. Being, well, we, we don't initially. Facious. Yeah. She's being facious. Facious. There you go. We find out that her favorite book is not The House of Leaves, Tom, but it's what? It's A House of Cards. House of Cards, and his response is, that would have been so much easier. <laughs> Which I would argue that A House of Cards is pretty tough to build. It's a fun thing, but I mean, if he glued The House of Leaves, he could probably glue some House of Cards together. Okay. And make it happen. I'm assuming House of Cards is what the TV show House of Cards is based on, which is like a British political thriller. It was, yes. It came to America under Kevin Spacey. Then we get into probably the best conversation of any date ever, which is so weird. She's like, oh, you ate a lot. You're going to be bloated. And they start to talk about gas. Flatulence. Flatulence. Are you okay with me winding you like a baby? Oh, (laughs) did you get that June is supposed to be American? Did you get that she didn't have a British accent during this? Or did you assume she was British? I don't think I did. Uh, On my first watch, I did not. So like a chill. I also, I was like, oh, they're all British. I didn't. Yeah. But then, like, later on, we discover she's American, mm-hmm. which on the second watch, I was like, oh, yeah, she's not even Clearly. attempting. Yeah. But the actress herself is British. Oh, is so, she? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll forgive myself a little bit then. Yeah. But 
I was like, what is happening in this moment? Why are they talking about gas? Like, Why are they talking about winding each other like a baby? <laughs> like, I've even heard that term. I don't even know what winding no, means. No, I assume that's a British term. It's a British term for pushing a, a baby's stomach so they, they fart. Yeah, well, apparently. like patting a baby on the back so that it releases like a gas. Okay, like all right, so crying. it's burping a baby cry. Yeah, exactly. But like, I feel like what they were trying to do is just say, like, okay, these people aren't meant for each other. They're having weird, awkward conversations. Like, Bob doesn't know what to say kind of a thing. But I don't know. I I've, I think you have a theory. I have a theory, Tom. I'm going to go into that theory. So what is Super Bob, Bob Kenner, really concerned with throughout the show? He brings it up. She tells him His not gas. to talk about His it. His gas company. His gas company. Yeah. So I think because we find out that June has been briefed by Teresa on Bob. Mm-hmm. She's been like essentially not forced into this relationship but the government is like hey we need you to be in a relationship with this guy Mm -hmm. it's good for photos then he's not with the colombian all these things (laughs) and i think during that briefing they were like hey he's real concerned with gas (laughs) gas is a talking point oh i like it and i think (laughs) june not maybe being the brightest bulb (laughs) in the home depot aisle (laughs) is like okay I got to talk with this guy about gas. Yeah. The, I remember in the briefing, gas. He's really into <laughs> gas. So I'm going to talk to him about winding him like a baby. I like so it. So I think this is her misunderstanding her briefing and just bringing up gas in whatever way she can. I think that's a brilliant tie-in. Very well done, my friend. All right. So we also catch the back end of her telling a story about like getting over on a blind guy. What's She's it? like, oh, we made this huge mess, but he couldn't see it. I was like, wait. And... He's clearly reacting like, oh, that's uh, yeah. great of Giggling, you, but I yeah, guess. just yeah. awkward, yeah. So, in the end, we don't know whether or not June's a good person or not. But... He jumps into, like, the bit about the cleaner, and he, like, he's so apparently still thinking about Doris. And like... the only thing he knows about Doris is she uses cleaners. <laughs> he's like, what kind of cleaner would you use to clean that up? It's like a powder, a spray, Such a, a mousse. I think it's just on. But later, I, we will find out that he does not know as much about Doris as he should. <laughs> yeah. For someone that's known her for six years yep. and is apparently in love with her. We find out the biggest tragedy. The biggest tragedy of this whole film. Yes. Bob cannot get drunk. I mean, I don't know. Like, well, I guess have the biggest tragedy <laughs> of the whole film is because of his veins being impervious. He cannot get drunk. I guess that's true. We don't necessarily drink the alcohol for the delicious tastes. I don't know. Maybe you do. I find that it has both benefits. <laughs> okay. But I'll say this. This is where he opens the folder and finds out that Doris figured out that he's with British Gas, mm-hmm. reads the note, and realizes that he wants to be with Doris. Mm-hmm. And this is where he like tries to shut the, the date down. And mm-hmm. I thought this was very interesting. Like... And it shows what kind of, like, heart Bob has. Is like, rather than going along with it, super attractive woman mm-hmm. in his house, clearly into him. He's just like, I-, I don't want to do this to you. It's unfair. Yeah. I like someone else. I don't want to waste your time. And I don't know. I thought it was a nice, like, I agree. character moment yeah, for I agree. Bob. Uh, June could care less. She was like, doesn't even, like, she's literally saying that. And June is, like, saying the opposite of everything she's right. saying. And we like, why is she doing this? And we soon learn why. But I still think she's into him. I don't think she's, like, forced into him. Did you get the impression that she's only doing it because of Teresa? I, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I feel okay. like it's she's being pushed by Teresa, but she's also, like, a super fan girl of Super Bob okay. kind of a thing. Like, That's obsessed. Fair. Borderline obsessed. That's fair. Yeah. 
I don't want to take advantage of Dor or I want to take advantage of Doris. I want to be with Doris. <laughs> Once again, I didn't deliver that line right, but the I, way he I don't want to take it, advantage of you. I want to take advantage yeah, of Doris. Take, thank you, Tom, for cleaning that up for me. And then Teresa's guy shows up, and we get Bob into his sweet new uniform. Oh, I wish he had this in the beginning. So great. Weapons Summit, 9 p.m. <laughs> All my thought was, pretty late for a Weapons Summit, 9 p.m. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like, this what, American... This is a weapons deal. This is a, we're not buying and selling weapons, Tom. That happens at 9 p.m. It's weapons a... cocktail hour. All right. All right. That's fine. They take him from the date, and Bob discovers that Teresa has set him up with, with June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the greater good, which immediately reminded me of Hot Fuzz. The greater good. <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> he is then taken... I mean, he's in this crazy outfit. He's taken... <laughs> Uh, through this office and he's meeting all these country leaders and I was like oh this is the this is the low budget film version of meeting all the it's like a weird yeah like, like introduces them says what they do right. do whatever country they're from it's like oh shake their hand shake their hand until he gets to that one lady who's got like a hook for a hand oh no don't shake hers <laughs> That was great. That was great. And then he keeps like being to June. June keeps like trying to foster a relationship and mm-hmm. he's like he's like i really cannot be more clear with you <laughs> yeah. i'm not interested in you i'm interested in doris yeah. we find out that he's the only weapon anyone cares about and this is the super bob summit and they I like are... when, it had, when it said super bob like on the like the background behind him it has super bob like an asterisk like it's like I'm assuming there's like more detail to what it was, and I tried to look at like the fine print underneath because they had some. Oh, really? You couldn't read it. Yeah. You didn't assume it was like a copyright sign <laughs> that you weren't allowed to use Super Bob, much like the term Super Bowl. Don't sue a Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> there's they do the so then they're trying to get the handshake and photo op. Yep. And they do the flag in the background. Someone puts that silly American flag on his head. And yeah, I mean, it puts Jamie Tart's icon hat to shame. <laughs> yeah. It was great. We find out this this is their op, uh, their photo op with the American senator. He informs Bob that they sent Doris to Columbia, bought her a nursery, uh, and this is where Bob gets mad mm-hmm. and crushes he the senator. Takes hand. off. Well, he's, yeah, he crushes the senator's hand and then just takes off. Which he just like doesn't even go outside. He takes off. I'm through a, the office hopefully on the top floor of the office in the same way sprinkles got thrown through the ceiling in the office bob goes through the ceiling of the office but i do i think at one point like the the like american center is like he says like oh go get him and like the guys just run out like and they're on the roof and they're just taking pot shots Start the sky. shooting randomly into the air as as you should as a to security the, person to the impenetrable super guy and that bullet's definitely not going to fall from the sky <laughs> jeez then he i think this is the montage where like the news is like everyone's on the lookout yeah, for super bob mm-hmm. all the stock footage he's at the airport we got camera footage of him right yeah. camera footage of him at the colombian airport no, and, Col- did he was it the Columbia? yeah i think oh. he flew to columbia <laughs> for for her to arrive because okay. he thought she was already on the plane okay and the airport person's like what's her last name and he's like i should know that <laughs> and i that that moment was so good uh, so good <laughs> and then he discovers that he knows where she's at which mm-hmm. is the home care place yep. so goes back and this is then him rehearsing his speech 
And he goes through all the things he's going to say to Doris. Yeah, while he's looking in the mirror. Right. And I don't know if you had the same sentiment, but I assumed the end of this sequence was him going to spit in the mirror. <laughs> I didn't think of that at all. That's a great point. <laughs> like, oh, he's going he's gonna to get this pep talk. He's going to spit in the mirror, and this is going to be a great call in to Ted Lasso. Oh, man, Nate the Great. The biggest <laughs> villain ever. This is then the declaration. He walks into the home care place. Doris is with his mom. <laughs> Super Bob's mom. You came to see me? No, mom. I haven't come to see you. I saw you already today. Such a great, such a great son response to a mom. Like as he's making Kai cutting with door, like doesn't even really like he acknowledges his mom like briefly, but like it's oh, it's it's such a great delivery. I'm not here for you. (laughs) And then we cut to all the news feed. They find out where he's landed. Uh, the police are surrounding, and the Peckham people are trying to help Bob. So they've created some sort of circle around the... A Peckham shield. A Peckham shield. Very nice. But he starts his conversation with Doris in a very loving way. Just comes in super gentle. Just had to, I gotta tell you something. No. What does he shout at her, Tom? Oh, well, I think initially he comes in and he's like, I want to tell you something. But then, like, she keeps going on and on. Sure. And he just screams, shut up! I've come to be nice to you. And tell you something. <laughs> he tries to tell Doris how he feels, but Javier hmm. intervenes and explains that he's there to keep her from leaving to Colombia. And he like hits all the beats of Bob's speech. He clearly heard it. Were, yeah, oh, he heard you it. You think he heard it? Or oh you yeah, think it's just coincidence. No, I think he had to have heard it. Like when he heard like that was the way Bob like like courted her. He's sure. Like, oh, this is what she loves. Like I'm, I'm gonna do the same thing. Okay. And eventually Bob's just like, oh f off. Up <laughs> <laughs> here, it's like I love your face. Oh f off, <laughs> which is so good. So Javier and Doris are in love. <laughs> they go happily together forever. And that's the end of the movie. And that's the end of the movie. That was Super Bob. But wait, there's more. Bob says, I just wanted to say goodbye. Thank you for everything. And then their mouths get really close. She gives kind of like the little like European kiss, like on each side of the cheek. Oh, sure. And then they kind of are like nose to nose. And then they go in together. Right. They kiss. And the <laughs> musical artist Matthew P plays in the background. Oh, who's Matthew P? Uh, I looked him up. Matthew so Perry? So apparently, no, not Matthew Perry. Matthew P. Uh, he was a musical guy. He did some of the uh, music for this. And I can't remember the name of the song, but um, it's the one that plays during uh, the dance when the two of them are spinning around and also oh, okay. this moment. Same guy, okay. It is called End of the World. Uh, he scored some of the film. I looked him up, and his website is from like eight years ago. So <laughs> I don't know that he's still making music, but he was big uh, in British indie music during this time. I so I appreciate that Javier stands there the whole time while they're making out, and then he's like, okay, I think that's enough of a goodbye and tries to separate him. You see the level of jealousy that Javier does not feel. Uh, He's perfectly okay with this. Uh, Up until, I don't know, three minutes of making out in front of him. That's where he draws the line. He separates them. Bob's like, hey, you should go to Columbia. You should work with kids. That's what you're you're made for. I'll go with you. Javier interjecting her, this whole thing is hilarious. Oh, I love, I love you so much. This is why you shouldn't leave. Like right. saying the exact opposite. Of right. Everything. Well, and then he's like, oh, you know what? You should be with kids. And I'm also a citizen, so I could go with you. And Bob, the paperwork would be too difficult for you. Like 
<laughs> he, he, I don't know. It was all great. Mm-hmm. Then Bob breaks his hand. And Bob does this great thing where he's like, I'm sorry. It's the second hand I've crushed today. It's so not my like normal thing. Then they depart, and Bob gets shot like five times as he walks out. It of does the like the slow mo, the music's right. playing, like boom, they're gonna go off into the sunset. He opens the door and he's like, Listen, boom, 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 and he just gets shot and he gets just so upset. He's like, What are you doing? There are children around. Right, right. You all are gonna look very foolish. <laughs> You've ruined this. I sleep in this. Yeah. It's like plain white t shirt. <laughs> I, and then he resigns, and he's like, no more forms. I'm not doing this anymore. Yep. And I think this was a funny moment. The guy's like, hey, uh, if you're going to be an independent contractor, you still have to do forms. There's self-assessment forms, which I didn't understand, but I thought was great. And Bob's like, call me. I'll help you out. Don't abuse it. Here's Puts my the number. number. It's on the screen. Number. Yeah, and then the phone rings. I won't deliver pizzas. <laughs> Because that's the first call he gets. And then they kiss and fly off, and it's great. And then we hit the epilogue. We're in Colombia. They ask him if he's happy. And I thought this was funny, like, (laughs) rather than it being, like, which they're clearly happy. Like, things are going well. But he's like, she's a nightmare. Like, when he first did that, I'm like, like, is he serious or whatever? But then when she kind of comes over, then they kind of playfully kiss and stuff like that. I think it's, like, a little bit more of them telling us, like, He's now more confident in the relationship and everything else that's kind of going on. So that that was really good. Um, and then I think it cuts to some of the other characters. It goes like back and forth to June, and she's like still obsessing over him. Right. She has the, house, the house, house together. We built the house together, <laughs> metaphorical house. Wait, does he live in there? <laughs> no. What kind of questions? Who writes your questions? Um, then it goes like the scientists. They're trying to figure out like they're studying the meteorite that apparently hit Bob. They're like, oh, did you figure out what it is? No, I've been six years in this thing. We found nothing. Might as well be a purple turd. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, and was then great. we also see Teresa, who's apparently been relocated to Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Uh, who's, you know, absolutely loving it. You know, great times. It's easy. It's a joy. It's a delight. Right. And then the big bomb goes <laughs> off, and she's like, they'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, and then I think the whole, and then it kind of cuts to a handful of people that he kind of saved earlier, the right. same little like one-off or whatever interviews. And they're all like saying he's having a much better experience. So like, you know, Bob's turning it around. Um, and I like the movie ends, like the whole credit sequence is the choir, the gospel choir is singing. Sure. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Bob is a hundred percent there. He's oh, really? singing, yeah, he's oh, singing with the choir the whole time. And there's a handful of times where you can pick out like his audio <laughs> that he just completely stands out. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, it was, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It was completely enjoyable. Like, didn't have to think too hard. Yeah. Just had fun. When it's short and sweet, like a movie like this should be. I think this movie clocked in like 120 minutes or something like that. Or, yeah, 122 minutes, like a little under an hour and a half. Sure. So not even like a full movie, if you will. But, it was free. Yeah, it was free. A couple commercials here or there. But yeah, I mean, again, it was just fun-loving. Uh, you know, certainly a, a passion project or something for these guys. Like right. they just did this little short film and now being able to do a, a full thing. I love the way it kind of poked fun at some of the genres. Like, there's just so much superhero crap out there. Um, just an absolutely great time, and I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's, yeah. it's worth the time. It was uh, it was definitely worth it, and that was what I was going to ask you. I mean, would you recommend this to people? Would you yeah. Would you say, hey, you're you know, relaxing on a Thursday. Would you throw this on? Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, absolutely. My response would be yes, and it's. I think it's even more fun since you've seen Brett Goldstein as Roy Kent. Yeah. Like, play something like 
kind of charming and awkward. And yeah, I think if you listen to this podcast and yeah, and have watched uh, Ted Lasso, I think this is definitely going to be up folks' alley. So give it a show. Right. My favorite part of the whole thing was definitely the speech at Gladys and Ted's. Like yeah. just the awkwardness of that, the stuff he says, and having to like retreat from the words that came out of his mouth uh-huh. i thought was great did you have a favorite moment yeah i feel like my favorite moment or like at least a moment that i like laughed out loud was the him calling her a lady of the night and like oh, yeah. saying like not all women are but you are and then his <laughs> sure. immediate backtrack it was just i thought uh, there great would be writing. more words <laughs> uh i don't i didn't have a lot i mean i don't know you take a film like this and you don't want to like dissect it so much like there's certain things that I would take out or mm-hmm. I would do without. Obviously, the, the like, senator, uh, the American senator was a really strange, like, over-the-top choice. But yeah. I understand why they why they did it's it. It's just satire. Yeah, they're just poking fun. Right. My favorite joke was, I think I laughed the hardest when they've got the video clip of him in the airport. And they're like, oh, what's our last name? And he's like, oh, that's something I should know. I don't know. It just hit me in a way that I yeah. I laughed very hard. I did appreciate the whole Super Bob Summit, too. Like, that was a fun sequence. Yeah. And all, like, the lines back and forth. And, like, the, the, yeah, the obliviousness of June throughout the whole thing. And Bob's like, what is going on? Why are you not understanding? Right. Now that Brett Goldstein's got some more power in whatever the British equivalent of Hollywood is. Uh, <laughs> if he had the ability to do a sequel to this, would you watch Would you watch a sequel to Superbob? Oh, I would 100% watch Super it. Superbob from Columbia. Superbob, what, what would be the tagline? Superbob 2? Superbob, South America needs your help. <laughs> Man, I hope Columbia's in South America, otherwise I'm going to look like an ass. No, I feel like this is something that like he would do and probably want to do, like, especially right. if this is like a childhood friend and like now that he is like notoriety... Like, they could probably very easily go film this, probably even get more money to back it um, to do more special effects. Not that I think a movie like this needs it. It's more fun if it's like like that. Um, But, yeah, I I think this would be fun. I would not be surprised if we see a Super Bob 2. Yeah, I actually think you get into more trouble in terms of, like, believability and, like, taking you out of the movie if you make it a more, like, special effects driven. Mm -hmm. Like, the stuff we see is him shooting off into the air, him landing... Otherwise, he's just standing heroically, and I, then I, it's the small stuff. Yeah, so. I think there's probably some green screen work or whatever, right. like when they're at like the crash sites and all the other stuff. So like very minimal, but that's what I think. Like that's the perfect use of CGI is when it's minimal and it doesn't take you out of sequences. Sure, I did some research on this, and I saw this quote from the director, who, uh, as I mentioned, was friends with Brett Goldstein from like the age of fifteen. And they decided to create this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his quote was, I hope that Super Bob is to you what it is to me. A gentle, upbeat, positive and funny romantic story about a man who learns to fight for what's important. Oh, and go visit Peckham. It's really not that stabby. <laughs> Which oh, that's I good. was a great, a great line. No, it's a great line. It's a, yeah, so, it's a great way to wrap up. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, please watch it. Let us know what you think. Did the uh, did the rest of the world enjoy it, Tom? Uh, yeah. So this was an interesting. So we talked about in the last movie, the kicking and screaming. What would be your thoughts on Rotten Tomatoes for this guy? Um, I would say that it probably. I don't know. I think middle of the road. I just don't know how many eyes got on it. Yeah. Would be my would be my thing. Again, yeah, probably wasn't a big American audience, but overall, it was received well, eighty six percent for critic okay. score, and then uh, surprisingly, the 
audience score of 55%. So the critics liked it more than just normal Which audience Which I think people. is understandable. I think because, like, dependent upon, and I don't know how their algorithms and stuff work through Rotten Tomatoes, but this movie is probably not for everybody because it is a British comedy. Right. And it's a different kind of comedy than right. I think we're used to in America. So maybe some of the folks kind of filling that out don't necessarily. But, but I get that it's 86% in terms of the critic rating because I think it was a very well-told yeah romantic story that kind of dealt with some of the, the genre stuff within superheroes and, and was a, was a good time. So yeah, not surprising scores from me, but uh, again, this is just critic scores and audience scores. Who, you know, 45% of people didn't really like the thought of a grown man being winded like a baby, <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we watched it. The next time you and I are going to get together, we are going to be discussing the major, blockbuster that we both know and love yes so excited about this upcoming movie colossal the 2016 Anne hathaway and jason sudeikis movie oh man just all the great actors i'm speechless a lot of people you haven't seen before i'm speechless about the thing we just said oh man right there get excited everybody so excited (laughs) and with that we appreciate you guys joining us and sticking with us while we're waiting on season three of Ted Lasso. For sure. Yeah, keep suggestions coming if you have anything you want us to, to kind of watch or check out. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com or you can always find us on the social medias at Team Binge. And we're also looking to get some merch out to you guys. We know we've got a lot of requests. People want some of that sweet Team Binge merch. So we're working on some shirts, some mugs, some sweaters some fine art for your home. I don't know what you want to do with it, but we're working on that uh, as well as the kind of website so you can kind of track us and kind of follow us what we're doing. So keep an eye out for that. Wonderful job, Tom. (laughs) Did you want to add something? I don't. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. I have been Julian. And I will always be Tom. Adios, everybody.